Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Janet Lewis. And I'm Dr. Lewis. And we are Green Wisdom Health, home of your low-cost lab work and valuable information. Here to bring you another show today about stress and diabetes. Um, There are many, uh, we got this idea because we've seen uh, many working women, women coming into our office that are very, very stressed out. And we run their lab, and we see that they are very high risk of diabetes because um, the stress over time has led to them being so. So Dr. Lewis would like to discuss with you today valuable ways about reducing your stress and how to know if you're headed toward diabetic-type complications. You may not even know you are. So with that, Dr. Lewis, can you educate us a little bit today about what's going on there? And then we've got some really great questions at the end that we want to address as well. Uh, one of the easiest ways to decrease stress is take a course that Janet should teach is how to train your husband in 101 different ways and decrease your stress. I mean, stress can come from many different areas, and there are times at your workplace that's stressful. There are times it's your spouse that's stressful. She really gave me the look on that. It's like, this seems to be headed my way. I thought we were, (laughs) you know, actually that does, you're right. It does help with stress when you have a partner that helps take part of the load. It it really does make a difference in how bad yours is. Yeah. Ben, you want to look sexy, go wash the dishes and vacuum for your wife. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I don't know why I got off on that, but, um, you know, there's always have a lot to say, so. Uh, stress is the many splendored thing. And, you know, I, I'm big about talking about chemical stress and how we need to detoxify. I get questions all the time about I can't sleep. Well, it's usually because you are so full of these chemical stressors that it causes inflammation. But that's one of the very things that can lead to insulin resistance slash metabolic syndrome slash type 2 diabetes. So, you know, we'll dance around this and see if you can get something from that. One of the easiest ways to decrease stress is quit eating grain and sugar and go, for God's sake, don't drink or consume aspartame. That's one of the most toxic chemicals you can put in your body. Uh, There was testimony in front of our Congress in 1974, I think it was, about how detrimental aspartame was to you. And people do that because it's a sugar substitute, and they think they're doing themselves a favor to kind of avoid diabetic tendencies or insulin resistance. Well, folks, it does not work. Uh, As far as chemical stress, I had this question yesterday from a real sweet lady whose son has some very serious problems. Uh, I think it's related to detoxification or lack of detoxification in his case and she said well what do i do i said well change the deodorant you know don't use deodorants that have aluminum in it Uh, avoid things that's full of aluminum and mercury and there's many many things that would uh, be covered there Uh, go to cleaner food and this lady was going to grow a much bigger better garden and her uncle is one of the largest uh organic farmers in Oklahoma. So she has a good background in clean food that's not full of pesticides. One of the things that I think contributed to my raspy voice is chemicals off of pillows that 
Janet's trying to find me the perfect pillow, and then we got some rugs that kind of reeked of chemicals. There are a lot of toxins that outgas from your carpet, from building materials uh, for your uh, fire retardant side of your bedding. So there are many, many things. You can't avoid them. Now, it's great that you're not uh, microwaving plastic or styrofoam in your, or not heating your food in a microwave and those things. You should use glass, um, not stainless steel, because you don't do that in a microwave. But it's better to keep your food in glass and stainless steel as much as you can. Avoid plastic as much as you can. Uh, the other things, I'm a big one. If, if there's something or somebody in my life that's stressful, number one, I can choose to be better. I can choose to, I always tell people, you can choose peace instead of this. But if somebody's really a pain in the butt and they're, they're just... Uh, arguing for their limitations i let them and i dismiss them very politely like well when you're really ready to get well come on because there's so many people out there that has blessed us with their trust and there are so many people out there getting well staying um, motivated to do that and it does take time physiologically and that, that goes back to decrease your stress by having patience it really is a mental and spiritual game to a very large degree. Uh, I also talked to a lady yesterday up in Wisconsin, Minnesota, somewhere up there, and, and she, I asked her how she found us, and she just stumbled across us. She said, but you talk so slow, I have to listen to the podcast on 1.25 speed and speed me up. I thought that's hilarious. A really, really sweet lady. I can normally tell who's going to get well by the way they take the news that I tell them, and it's it's a mind game. If you're positive, it's going to get better and better. If you're negative, it's going to get worse and worse. Again, don't argue for your limitations. Argue for the good things that could happen. Give hope a chance, and we're going to get more into the meat of things. Um, diabetes is a pretty complicated thing, but... Basically, quit eating sugar, quit eating grains, quit eating starchy foods, quit eating artificial sweeteners, and most of the time, diabetes can get better on its own. And we do have products that will very much speed up that process. There's uh, also the possibility for you women when you get pregnant, there's hormonal changes that uh, it, it affects the body's resistance to insulin, those are the ladies that get gestational diabetes. And if that if you have that, you know you're going to have that tendency if you don't kind of clean your diet up after you give birth. There's, I read a statistic the other day. In 2007, 57 million people had prediabetes. That does not count the ones that are diabetic. 57 million and I read another article that said diabetes is expected to double. It's it's uh, being called a modern epidemic. So if diabetes is going to double, I don't know what it is now, uh, but 57 million in 2007 is probably double that now. It's a huge, huge burden on our economy with the money that's spent with the lost days at work because there's many things that's related to diabetes and it's stress induced whether it's mental stress chemical stress spiritual stress 
or because your spouse, you know, sits around and won't help you. And, and I do think women work harder than men. They're always busy. And so when I do wash dishes, Janet does appreciate it. I have to kind of force her to let me help. But men, you know, suck it up and be, be good to your wife. It's, it's worth it. It's a good investment. So with diabetes growing, uh, there's about, I think it's 14, 15% of the men have diabetes, and that doesn't count the ones that are pre-diabetic or insulin resistant, and that's why we run insulin when we run the test, so we can see it coming years before it slaps you in the butt, and all of a sudden I was diagnosed with diabetes. You can see this stuff coming and take precautions. I quoted a scripture the other day on the podcast, and Janice said, well, was that Shakespeare? I said, no, it's really out of the Bible. I think it's Proverbs. Um, a prudent man foresees danger and takes precautions, something to that effect. So it's about 14 15% of the men have it, and 12% of the women, and this is people over 30, have diabetes, and many of them don't even know it. But there's even... Millions and millions and millions of people that already are diabetic. Some of those don't even know it. Um, <clears throat> that's, I think that's at least a quarter of our population. Our population's over 300 million, so you do the math on that. I have seen that in my own family. I have seen it reversed when they took precautions and did what they were supposed to do change the diet, and take some supplements that really help decrease insulin resistance. Uh, my favorite one there is Dioxinol. It has the biotin. It also has uh, chromium. Uh, more importantly, or maybe not more importantly, but it has alpha-lipoic acid. And I think if you're going to take one standalone product, Janet and I do not take alpha-lipoic acid. We take R-lipoic acid, which stands for reduced, and it's even more effective than alpha-lipoic. Uh, the dioxinol has the alpha. It has cinnamon bark, and it has vanadyl sulfate, and they really help to decrease your cravings, to decrease your insulin resistance, to help uh, the insulin work more effectively. And when I take it like I'm supposed to, I do not crave bread. I do not crave potato chips, soft drinks, ice cream, things like that. It's not that I'm diabetic, but I do have that tendency because my mother used cooking to love her children. So we thought love was hot cookies when we got off the school bus or homemade cinnamon rolls in the morning. And even many, many of my friends remember my mother's love, but... <laughs> well, one guy named Rogers, he said at her funeral, says, well, I remember throwing up after eating Miss Vida's pancakes. He said, it wasn't that they weren't good. I just ate so much I couldn't stand it. So we got loved, but it was the flour and the sugar. And we know now that that wasn't necessarily a good thing. We didn't really know that back then. Very interesting. You you mentioned the product of diaxanol. Um, those that is a product that's really for people that know they have high blood sugar or have been diagnosed as a diabetic. We also have one that is less expensive for people that have not been diagnosed, but they get those feelings of, "Oh Lord, I'm going to rip your head off if I don't get something to eat by noon because I'm I'm dying here of starvation." Those are people that are could have the potential to go in toward uh, having low blood sugar 
and they need to eat right away so it'll go back up. There's something called reacted chromium that we have that um, helps to stabilize that so you don't take the big swings, the big dips, and you'll find that you're not going to rip someone's head off if you don't get lunch at noon and you can actually make it or um, have a little bit of protein and make it a little bit longer with the reacted chromium. So there are a couple of options there um, for blood sugar. Or fat. You know, Janet says protein, which is really good. But the people that are going on the keto diet, folks, it's really not a fat. It's a good way to eat. Uh, So the fat will keep you satiated and make you feel fine. And one of the things we do in the morning, because I do have the blood sugar problems, unfortunately, um, you know, one of the 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 uh, problems I was going to read to you from diabetes is amputations. And um, my grandfather lost both of his legs to diabetes. So it's been a real goal for me to not go down that route because that is a very sad, pitiful thing to watch someone that was so vibrant, worked out in the farm like he did and... Um, was so active and then to see him in a wheelchair later in life and not able to do what he wanted to do because of diabetes. So um, Dr. Lewis and myself actually mix a drink in the morning. It's called Glycema Core and it's a vanilla flavored protein drink. And what it does is there are ingredients in there that help to maintain your blood sugar levels. So if you don't have a breakfast that you want to eat in the morning. Many of our clients tell us they don't like eating in the morning. Um, You can do a scoop of that and it will give you some protein and then help you make it through lunch. But there's, there's, uh, there's uh, products in there that are very good at helping uh, with blood sugar, like fiber and omega-3 fatty acids, the lipoic acid that Dr. Lewis was talking about. There's actually uh, chromium in there that I was telling you about as well for blood sugar. So that's all in one product. So you might check into that, too, if you're someone that likes to skip meals. So um, yeah, go that's, ahead. That's, that's really popular. Yeah. Uh, there's many, many other things that we can talk about. Let's see if we can get around to some of them. Uh, most, you know, I said it's insulin resistance and that's why we check insulin. And so we find that out, you know, many times years before a person knows that they're headed down that road. Then there's something called leptin resistance. The things you need to do, the simple things, change your diet, change your attitude, quit being stressed. And if somebody's just horribly negative and you can't escape them, then get away from them. But you can exercise, and I'm not a big exercise buff, but I stay very, very active. You know, I think mild to moderate exercise is a very good way to help you uh, keep healthy. It lowers your insulin resistance, lowers your leptin resistance. You don't really need a lot of it. You just need a little bit. That's interesting. There's um, also some... uh you know, some of the telltale signs that you are becoming diabetic is like heart disease. Some people don't even put this together that they might be diabetic. Um, And when Jan is talking about heart disease, I cannot tell you how many young men say they have erectile dysfunction, Mm -hmm. uh, the inability to maintain an erection and complete intercourse. Folks, that's the beginning of the resistance, whether it's diabetic or heart stuff. Yeah, um, having a stroke can actually mean that you may have diabetic issues as well. 
uh, high blood pressure. And I can't tell you the people that come in here with high blood pressure um, that probably are diabetic. And sometimes we don't know because they don't run their lab. They just want something for high blood pressure. But one of the things you can do for that to help with stress and high blood pressure is magnesium, a good magnesium. Uh, we're, our favorite here is reacted magnesium because of the different um, kinds they put in it so it doesn't give you diarrhea. You can tell the story about Dr. So-and-so that wrote you that email the other day about his magnesium. Uh, go ahead and tell the story. I, my <laughs> mind has left. <laughs> Elvis has left the building. Um, there's this very nice doctor that was kind of treating himself, which, you know, I caution you against that. And he was taking a magnesium from a friend of his that is one of these companies that tell you it'll make you young, rich, and good-looking in 30 days. And it was not a great form of magnesium, and I'm not going to name the name of that company. They very, very, very much overstate what their oils and nutrition can do. And so he finally got to feeling so bad, he told Janet, he said, I can't even step up on the curb. You know, and he was going into congestive heart failure. And he said, I get breathless when I step up on the curb. And Janet changed what he was taking and gave him some good magnesium. And I don't know how many days it was, my two, three, four days. He was writing emails about, oh, my God, this pain went away. This pain went away. I can take deep breaths. I, don't, I feel oxygenated. I can go back to the gym etc etc and that's the difference in taking good supplements and people say well they're all the same it's like well why did you divorce your first idiot ex-wife because women are all the same so are supplements no they're really not so a side note to that as well i do remember who he's talking about now since he told the story (laughs) he Um, flirts with you all the time (laughs) this doctor thought he knew what was wrong and he told me he had high iron and he wanted to run a test for just high iron. And this is the one that could not take a step on the curb. And I said, what if you're wrong? What if it's not high iron and it's something else? And then you've gone down to the lab and you've gotten poked and you've had one test and and then we don't know where to go. And he goes, well, you got a good point. So I talked him into running our comprehensive lab panel. It's 12 different lab panels. Um, right now it's two, $298. It tells us a whole lot of information and you get Dr. Lewis's consultation to go over it. And I talked him into running that one because I could see more. And when it came back, his iron was not high at all. And that's when we found out that part of his problem was a magnesium issue. So again, if you're out there going, Hey, I know what's wrong and I'm taking this stuff cause I'm fine. And you're just guessing you may not be right. Because, see, even a doctor sometimes does not know what's going on without lab work. So um, he wrote me again and told me he was 300% better since he had started on just the reacted magnesium that we gave him and a couple of other products. So that's that's a great story. That's yeah, good. Well, and it's not that I'm necessarily smarter. Actually, Janet did most of that. The point is you need somebody objective to look at you. You know, I've told the story several times. I'm not uh, smart enough to fix myself. I need somebody objective, which would be Janet. She definitely has more wisdom when it comes to being objective and taking care of me. So when you want to decrease your stress, you eliminate your grains, even the so-called healthy grains like, oh, well, it's whole grain. 
people ask me, well, what about this whole grain bread? I said, it's a little bit healthier way to kill yourself. Get off of it. Organic grains, that's nasty. So you don't do bread, pasta, cereal, rice, potatoes, and corn. Most people don't know corn's a grain. They think it's a vegetable. It, the only thing good for corn is to make cows and pigs fat. You want to monitor your fasting insulin level. You want to optimize your vitamin D level. That can have a really good effect in getting you healthier. I just had a patient email me just a while ago said, my vitamin D's 99. My other doctor's worried about it. What should I cut back? I said, I'd be thrilled if mine was 99. I have never seen anything yet, and I could be wrong, but I've never seen anything yet that says vitamin D's toxic until it gets over 140. Now, I wouldn't flirt with higher than 99, but still, I wouldn't back off. I have to take an overdose of it to get it up around 50 or 60 just because GI tract won't absorb it for some reason. But vitamin D's incredible, incredible. Uh, way to get healthier so some of the things you can take you know, just in general it, it, it's easier just to take our stuff it's you know geared toward that but you know the chromium janet talked about the alpha lipoic or arlipoic arlipoic's better you can take um, raw adrenal which is very very good you can take quercetin or quercetin ever how you want to pronounce that it's an incredible thing Glutamine and taurine, the essential amino acids, and people say, well, I'm getting a good, I'm getting enough protein. Well, it may not be the right kind of protein. You have to have good digestive enzymes to pull that off most of the time. Uh, Garlic, believe it or not, but remember on a previous podcast, I said, you know, it can't be the stuff that I used to use. You have to crush it right then because of the way the enzymes promote and bring out the the allicin in it Uh, so either crush it right before you cook it or crush it right before you consume it or you have to have an enteric coated garlic which we handle if you want it Uh, b12 with folic acid we take care of the people the 50 percent of the people that have the 5-mthf problem uh, zinc is very important, CoQ10, which Janet just gave to me before this podcast. Some of the uh, bioflavonoids, uh, vitamin E is very incredibly important. Copper can be, but you want to be careful with that. All the good mushrooms like mataki, shiitake, uh, coriolis-type mushrooms are very, very good. And believe it or not, one of the best things you can do is do fiber. And that if you have to take an extra fiber, that means you're not eating enough vegetables to get the fiber in because the fiber will help decrease the sugar spike and gives, you know, beware of buzzwords. The buzzword now is prebiotics, prebiotics. And people ask me every day, so what about prebiotics? It's just fiber. Don't get hooked in by the new, you know, greatest uh, buzzwords so let's get on it if you will janet to the questions or things we've heard on good morning america too that deserves some discussion oh yeah i wanted to make sure that we addressed the stress part of this as well you you touched on it briefly um people needing adrenal help cortisol is very important so that may be a big reason why if you feel stressed that you can't get over it or you don't know what to do because your adrenals are not right. They're either too high or they're too low. And without lab, there's no way to know that so you know how to address it. But it is amazing 
when you find out what your cortisol levels are and get the right product for that, how much better you feel and how much your stress goes away. I, I did that when I got Janet as a wife. I decreased my stress. He sure is flirting today, and his voice is awfully sexy, kind of like Sam Elliott because he's had this congestion. I'm thinking, this is, this is really good. I can it's, really hear you. Um, it's not the pollen, although we're being pollen here in East Texas. My beautiful truck's yellow. <laughs> but uh, we do want to address some things that uh, people have been asking us about. I think the big one and the big eye-opener for the week has been, oh, my gosh, they're not going to recommend an aspirin a day anymore for cardiovascular prevention. Um, Dr. Lewis would like to discuss with you a little bit about why that is and um, what's actually gone on with why are they taking our aspirin away? And um, what are we supposed to do in place of it? Wasn't it a big uh, prevention type thing? Yeah, and I've lost most of my notes on that, but uh, an aspirin today has never been a good idea. It's got something to do with, um, there was 80-something studies that said aspirin did nothing for cardiovascular health, and what happened was uh, Bayer, in its infinite intelligence, said, well, we're so blooming uh, low on magnesium, they put in 15 milligrams of magnesium oxide, and therefore, oh my God, it looked like it increased heart health. Uh, well, it wasn't the aspirin. And so we're going over and over and over again. And I, I'm telling people, I've told them for years, I said, I, I, I don't take care. You know, I don't make decisions about drugs. But I read one time where there were 16,500 deaths per year from people taking NSAIDs, which includes aspirin, but it also includes Tylenol and ibuprofen. And some of the reasons, and uh, it, it can create uh, things like gastric bleeding events, uh, gastric ulcers. Uh, it has created tinnitus and hearing loss, cerebral bleeding, which is stroke, uh, mortality with the flu. And this is from taking an aspirin. Yeah, uh, Crohn's disease and H. pylori infections. So the thing about it is you have to chemically create this, and it goes into acetyl salicylic acid. One of the favorite things that I like, it, you can take the derivatives from willow bark and do a good job. The thing I like the most is called Fido Ultra Comfort. It has the white willow, which is just as effective as the aspirin without the bad side effects, but it also has Indian frankincense, which is Boswellia. If frankincense was good enough for Jesus, maybe we should be taking it, huh? It's got extra different types of Boswellia called Five Loxin, which is a trademark name, so it's much more absorbable and better researched. has turmeric and devil's claw. That's really, really uh, an anti-inflammatory thing. So, uh, again, I lost my notes on that. I think it doubles, an aspirin a day doubles your risk of stroke and makes you four times more likely for other cardiovascular events. So, it's not a good thing. I don't recommend it. I might take two or three aspirins a year, maybe. So, it's just, it's not worth the risk, I don't think. Okay, well then we have another question, and uh, this kind of ties into our show with the di diabetes uh, pregnancy complications coming from diabetes. 
But also there was another question about the new drug that is out for postpartum depression. And uh, we noticed that the price tag on that drug was twenty to $35,000 per intravenous uh yeah, one dose. It, it was a whole a whole uh, 60 hours of getting this one dose of treatment um, intravenously. So is there a more natural form for someone to do something that has postpartum depression than to lay there for 60 hours and let alone spend twenty to $35,000 per treatment? Yeah, there's a massive amount of research on fish oil, and I've gone over some of that. Uh, omega-3 anti-depression diet and brain program that comes from harvard medical school so people say all oh, these supplements are not approved by the fda and they're not well researched they're researched out the yin yang and that's why i throw in uh, some of the research uh, there is one postpartum depression is due to low levels of vitamin b and that's american journal of obstetrics and gynecology PMS becomes worse with lack of vitamin B. Journal of Lancet, lack of vitamin B causes psychosis. British Journal of Psychiatry. Why don't they promote these obviously well-done studies? And the question, uh, you know, would demand an answer. And I think the answer is there's not hardly any money in it. There's money in pharmaceuticals, and they certainly have their place. But if you can just take good B vitamins and omega-3 fatty acids why would you not do that because 60 to 80 percent of your brain is fat i've been called a knothead before but and the fat is dha that you get out of the fish oil and i treat a lot of vegans but you can't even come close with flaxseed oil or any other forms of omega-3s fish oil is where it's at unless maybe you genetically like krill oil butter and we carry both and it's much less expensive than the stuff you see advertised. Um, that's the color red. Uh, essential fatty acids are required for all vital functions of the cells and tissues and makes for a healthier baby. I don't have time to go over all of that, but you're absolutely not doing your baby a favor unless you're well uh, supplemented with the good things and you know to make the baby just as good as you absolutely could so b vitamins and fish oil for postpartum depression or do it before you get through with the delivery of the baby so the bottom line is folks for thirty five thousand dollars we could basically treat you here for life (laughs) and get you well and have a healthy happy prosperous life so we appreciate you listening to our show and we hope you've learned something again today And as always, please don't keep us a secret. Please share this podcast. Like us on iTunes. We'd appreciate that very much. Write us a nice review. Um, But if you are new to the show, go to our website, greenwisdomhealth.com. Fill out the health survey and let us start helping you today have a life worth living. We'll be back next time with a great show for you. You guys have a blessed week. Once again, our show has come to an end, but your hope in your health is only beginning. If you or a loved one are in need of a different outcome and are waiting for a brighter future, take the first step and go to our website and fill out the health survey. 
Please don't keep us a secret. If you know someone that could benefit from this podcast, please share this show with your friends and family. You're only one step away from a life worth living.